You know it's true. Everything I do. Oh, I do it for you. One guy. One gal. One actor. And one year. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Kevin, Kevin Costner Project. Good evening, Greg. Good evening, Kate. Get on in here, you handsome thing. Happy 2024. Yes, happy 2024 to you too, Kate. Ew, kissing. There's a lot of kissing this week. <laughs> this week's movie, I mean, not this week, us. I don't, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I made her stutter, folks. <laughs> she didn't know what to say. I guess that was a good kiss. <laughs> um, we're back. We have been recording really in advance a lot lately. So right. for the last five or six episodes, we recorded in about a two-week span. Correct. And now we're back to taping weekly. Like, can you call it taping? We're not taping. We're recording. Yes, recording. So. <laughs> it's eight you're, o'clock. You're dating yourself if you say <laughs> taping, Kate. I guess so. The kids today, they're like, what? Strike that. I never said it. Starting over. <laughs> you said it. We've been We on. all heard it. <laughs> She's blushing, folks. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, we've been on vacation. Yes. We so have. we recorded early, about four episodes. Yeah. So who knows what all of the timing sounded like. We apologize. It is, today is January 11th. Happy 2024. Greg, we took a heck of a vacation. Yes, we did. Where did we go? We went all over the Caribbean, Panama, Costa Rica. Colombia. Colombia. Curacao. Half Moon Key. Yep, the Bahamas. So we went on a cruise, a 12-day cruise, to check Cruise the Panama Canal off my bucket list. Thank you, my dear. Yep. We had a great, great time. We're not going to provide any free advertising, but the cruise line we went with, fantastic. I I didn't have any complaints about it. It was slightly older fellow cruisers for the most part than our good selves but there were some families but there were some families i think because it was christmas so we spent christmas on board the ship and new year's we really partied hard for new year's greg (laughs) we fell asleep before midnight everybody (laughs) we got dressed up and fell asleep yeah well we made it like with half an hour or so to go but they had had another party earlier in the week and we did rip it up at that party I really enjoyed that one, actually. That was my vision of myself on a cruise, and uh, I had a blast. So Panama was nice. Costa Rica was amazing. We're hoping to go back there. Colombia, much nicer than I think people give it credit for. Overall, I have to say that, in my opinion, I've now been to Panama, Costa Rica, and El Salvador. We've got Belize we're kind of looking at i think central america is the most beautiful place on earth and i've been on four different continents so far 
I hope to make it to all seven someday. But Central America is spectacular. Absolutely. I had been to Costa Rica uh, back early 2000s. Uh, and I hadn't been to this part of Costa Rica, so that it was nice change. And I definitely want to get back there at some point. Show, show Kate some of my <laughs> old stomping ground, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I had a frog. Ribbit. Um, Where did you pick that up in uh, the rainforest? I am telling you guys, <laughs> I was sick the whole trip. I got back to work. Everybody at work has been sick for weeks. I don't know what is going on, but there is some sort of a very potent cold running around western New York, and I don't know, apart from Greg, really any healthy people. Yeah, not to mention COVID's been uh, flooding around a heck of a lot. That's right, but you already heard us hopped up on COVID, so... That's true. (laughs) But you, you got well after that, and that was the end of your... Yeah. Sickness. Yeah. So. Well, we're back. I can't think of a better movie to have come back to. My apologies in advance to Brian Adams. Although, Brian, if you should happen to hear this podcast and you want to do a duet, give me a jingle. You can find (laughs) us at October10Productions at gmail.com. And, (laughs) (laughs) well, let's start with what movie did we watch this week? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And it came out in? 1991. And interestingly enough, that year, my parents hosted a German exchange student. And this year, we're hosting a German exchange student. I don't think she liked it as much as our German exchange student from when I was younger. But she did actually watch this one with us. She hasn't watched the last four or five. But we sweet-talked her into this one. So what is this one rated? Well, it's rated PG-13, and it's considered an action movie, and it runs for about two hours and 18 minutes. It's actually much longer than I remember it being. I don't feel like you feel like you've been sitting around for two-plus hours when you watch it. Well, maybe that's indicative of a good action I guess we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. Who does Kevin play? Robin Hood, of course. Well, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Any other notable... Robin of Loxley. That's true. And then he becomes Robin of the Hood when he he goes rogue. Who else is in this that's mega famous? There's some big names. We got Morgan Freeman in this. Allow me to mention the next one, if if you please. The ever-delightful Alan Rickman is the evil Sheriff of Nottingham. I don't want to overshadow Morgan Freeman. He was great as Azim. But Alan Rickman was fantastic in this, and he always plays these kind of... Well, not always, but often plays these kind of sneering bad guys, and I think he's at the top of his sneering bad guy game in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Got it. If I may say so. Christian Slater, he was a big deal in the 90s. I think we're... Oh, Sean Connery. Oh, yes. Wasn't Sean Connery in something else we saw with Kevin... Yes, he was in The Untouchables. Yes. So they they reunited to make Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I didn't even put that two and two together until now. What do some of our fellow armchair critics have to say about this? What 
What is their rating? Rating by IMDb is a 6.9 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes only gave it a 51. So where we usually see both of those sort of about the same, they they differ. Yeah, they there's a wide gulf there. So we're going to see if you and I have a similar difference of opinion as we go on. Only time will tell. So this movie catapulted Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams into, you know, I mean, everybody knows that song to this day. Now, my exchange student number five, I have a fun story about this. Her name was Astrid, and I took her to see Brian Adams in concert and she swore up and down that she had no idea who Brian Adams was. And I said, well, I bet you'll know at least one song. I was banking on either Everything I Do, I Do It For You or Summer of 69 being the two songs of his that guaranteed she would know. She did not know Summer of 69. But she did know Everything I Do, I Do It For You. And similarly, when we got to the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves the other night, and Brian Adams came on singing. Yana said, I didn't expect that song. So she also knows this song. She didn't know it was, you know, related to this particular right. movie. Kind of funny that it's, you know, a song. Literally, I think everybody knows the world round. Yeah. And I guess it was made popular by this movie. I, I yeah. didn't, I, I hadn't realized that it was made popular by this movie. If I recall correctly, my high school choir teacher decided to turn it into a choral piece for our choir with, mm. shall I say, not exactly great results. There are certain songs that are not meant to be choral pieces. And you know I love me some choral singing. If you just heard the solo I did to, you know, launch this episode, that's why I sing in a choir. But anyhow, she doesn't give herself enough credit, folks. Mm, thanks. This is one of those songs that I don't think was meant to be a choral piece, personally. I guess maybe it depends on the arrangement and uh, the group singing it. Yeah, the talent of the choir may have made a difference too. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, my classmates. But maybe we weren't the choir to be singing it. I don't know. Okay, well, I have been super excited to watch this one. I was excited because I remember it being a lot of fun to watch. And we've watched some really heavy movies. Especially, most recently, Dances with Wolves. Which you mm. and I talked about for well over an hour in yes. the last episode. Yes. So Again, sorry folks that it ended up being an hour there. Yeah, apparently we had a lot to say. So I was really, really excited to watch this and to just have some fun watching, you know, Kevin Costner and Alan Rickman go head to head and battle it out. It was not as lighthearted as I remember. It was a little bit more serious. Yeah. What do you think, Greg? Like, they didn't say action-adventure. They just said action. Right. Uh, and part of my problem going into the movie is that my mind was mixing this movie up with Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Which came out a couple years later in response to this movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Though I may have watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves at some point when I was watching it for this, I don't think I really remembered 
For anyone who doesn't know, Robin Hood Men in Tights is kind of the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. It stars Carrie Elways as Robin Hood, and it's a Mel Brooks movie. It's quite hilarious. Yes, I would call that a comedy versus this one, which is really action, Yeah, as it's stated. So to give you a brief synopsis, um, Robin has been off in fighting in the Crusades with King Richard, and he manages to escape from a torture dungeon, get back to England after, I believe it said five months later or something like that. He brings Azim with him. Azim was also a prisoner that he managed to free from the dungeon. And, and Azim feels indebted to to him to... That, like, I'm going to save your life, life because, because you saved mine. mine. Yeah. So they they go back to England and discover, as they are walking past what, Gregory? What was the big scenery that we saw when they when they first get back to England? Sycamore Gap Tree. Correct. Which has been, of course, in the news as we've reported before, because it was felled in September of last year by somebody illegally doing it. There's it's still been in the news, and that they've discovered that uh, some of the seeds and everything from that tree have germinated. So they. The tree itself will be gone, but its offspring are being reborn. What is really kind of, I found startling about the scene in which the Sycamore Gap tree is featured, and it's featured actually quite prominently in that part of the movie, is that they do take an axe and pretend like they're going to chop it down. Right. There's a kid that has poached a deer, and he climbs up into the tree, and the sheriff's men are going to chop the tree down to get the kid and feed him to some dogs or some, you know, whatever torture they have right. lined up for him. So when they started swinging the axe, I was like, oh, right. it kind of hurt my soul a little bit knowing that 32 years later, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> they returned back to Loxley Castle or Loxley Manor, whatever the heck it was called, to discover that Robin's father has been murdered by the sheriff's men. He vows revenge on basically anyone he can find who's responsible and comes to find out through going to visit Maid Marion, who he was fighting side by side with Marion's brother, that the sheriff has sort of taken over and is attempting to dethrone the king and become the king himself. They decide to start stealing all the money that the sheriff has been collecting to bribe the king's enemies and whatever happens ensues. Correct. So that's the basic plot. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out who's going to win at the end of the day. Right. I mean, (laughs) if anybody knows any Robin Hood... The sheriff's not going to win win this this. one. (laughs) Right. Robin's going to get the girl... Uh, Maid Marian is played by Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, I think is her name. Uh, she looks gorgeous. I wish I had her hair. And then the king returns and blesses their marriage, the marriage yes. which is very nice. So, Greg, did we finish Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Yes, we did. No problem. No problem at all. And I enjoyed it. Probably nearly as much as I enjoyed it 32 years ago, I'm going to say. It kind of took me back. And 
I thought it looked great. I mean, I think it aged well. Of course, it's a historical piece, so it's not like something from the 90s where you're like, oh, God, look at the way we used to dress. I mean, this took place in the Crusade times, the Middle Ages, but I thought it aged well. Yeah, at least for people in England, it sort of resonates now a little bit just because of this historic thing that has happened last year with the tree being felled and being a historic spot, being at Hadrian's Wall. They climbed around on the wall a lot. Yes, they did. Do you think that's allowed? Like for the average man? For the average person, they probably try to prevent you from going on the wall very much because they don't want you to make it crumble. They probably got special permission for the movie. Or maybe they built like a fake portion of the wall to climb on. It's I don't know. It's possible. And for all we know, they sort of made a fake scene and that really wasn't the tree. But it seems to me that it may have been really... They really did film it there. Yeah. Because even when I was looking up all the stuff about that tree being felled, they even mentioned the the movie. The far off shots were certainly it. I don't know that the kid actually climbed it or that there were rules about them using it to pretend to cut it down or anything. Right. But certainly the scenery was that actual tree. Correct, correct. Let's address the other hot controversy in this movie, Kevin Costner did not elect to speak with the British accent. Come now, on. at the time, in fact, in Men in Tights, Carrie always says, unlike some Robin Hood actors, I speak with a British accent. Oof, yes, he did say that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, Kevin, you you did it. You caused a little of a thing there. Some years later, when they filmed Bridget Jones's Diary, they chose Renee Zellweger to be Bridget Jones, and she did speak with a British accent and was widely panned for it. I actually think maybe it's okay that he didn't try to fake a British accent. Yeah, if you have to fake it, maybe it's not good to do. He's kind of really at the height of that early part of his stardom. I don't think people would have welcomed him speaking with a British accent. Everyone was going to see Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. I think he was a big draw for this thing. I don't think anybody would have been fooled into believing he was English. No, I think I think that most people by then knew who he was from other movies and that they knew he, he was no English person. He spoke, I think... In a way that was not typically American either. I don't know how to explain it, but he wasn't speaking super fast. He was speaking with a nice cadence, a nice tone to his voice. He just didn't do the accent. Right. I I mean, all of what he did fit perfectly in the movie, and he did a great job. And therefore, yeah, maybe there was no need for the accent. I mean, Christian Slater, who was in it, is not British. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio is not. And Christian Slater, I don't think he really spoke with a British accent. And she she was like 50-50 in and out of a British accent. 
Nobody gave either of them a hard time. Maybe it's because he was in the lead role. Right. Morgan Freeman did choose to speak with an accent. He had kind of a, I don't know, nondescript Middle Eastern accent. Yeah, I would say that. I didn't find that particularly offensive, but I'm also not of Middle Eastern descent, so I really can't say how he did right. with that accent. Of course, Alan Rickman is British and uh, was impeccable, if I may say. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I come down on the accent controversy. I don't think it would have been well received, and I think he made the right choice in learning to speak a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. I think he did what he should have done. Well, we know that Kevin Costner can speak other languages. Mm-hmm. We've witnessed this in other movies. Yeah, maybe it was the way that the director wanted with this for him to do it in that sort of that tone, that emphasis on stuff. So. Yeah. All right, so... We already said, did we finish it? We f- yes, we did. The overall film. So I really like the story. I haven't seen any other more serious Robin Hood movies, I don't think. Like there was a yeah, classic Errol Flynn so. one, I think, back in the back in the way day. I haven't even seen the Disney Robin Hood. I believe I've s- I saw the Disney one at some point. I, I vaguely can picture seeing that, but that's... I must have seen that when I was a wee kid. I know the story of Robin Hood, that he robbed from the rich and gave to the poor. And I've seen Men in Tide. don't think I've seen anything else. I certainly haven't read the story. I want to go on the record as saying I have nothing to compare it to. However, mm. I thought it was a really great adapt. I remember at the time thinking how clever it was the way they would ambush people out in Sherwood Forest. I thought that fighting scenes, you know, some of them were brutal, to be sure. The hanging scene where they're going to hang uh, some of the the merry men, quote-unquote, that they've captured is pretty brutal because they do start hanging those people, and then eventually they happily get rescued. When I think back on the movie that I saw as a teenager, I thought it was just a lot of fun. And now watching it as an adult, I guess I'm seeing it as being a little bit more serious, but really a good adaptation. And I really enjoyed watching it. Okay. I still had to shield my eyes during the really icky parts. Okay, I did not catch that you had to shield your eyes. Yeah, well, in the beginning when they're prisoners in the dungeon in Jerusalem and they're going to oh. cut their hands off, I'm like, well, and I when can't they, watch they that. They do it actually do that to one guy. Yeah, well, similar to Kate, I don't have a lot of reference. Of course, Men in Tights is my only other reference. And as I said, at some point I watched the Disney one, but that's more vaguely remembering it. It's definitely more serious than Men in Tights, but you can see similarities. I mean, is it the best movie I've ever seen? No. No. Is it the worst movie? Definitely not. To date, is it one of the better Kevin Costner movies I've seen? For sure. Right. I would say so. Is my sentimentality towards it getting in the way? Maybe. If I'm being fair, maybe a little bit. 
yeah, overall, I think it's a real solid film. Right. I mean, you also have to think how many adaptations of Robin Hood really had been filmed right before this one came out. And as far as I know, there wasn't really a lot of Robin Hood movies near to this one when it came out. Yeah, before or since, I don't think. Anything else about the movie you want to mention? I mean, I really liked the movie. I I always sort of pictured wanting to be Robin Hood. Did you really? A little bit. Did you ever dress up as him for Halloween or anything? You did. I did dress up. I I didn't do the full thing, but I I did dress up at least once. Yeah, cool. But I am definitely not in a position to be uh, robbing the rich and giving to the (laughs) poor. I'm not that good. You still could be. There are a lot of rich people who need robbing at this point. Watch it. We may have people come after us if we say stuff like that, Kate. Eat the rich. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin's part. We kind of covered the accent. Anything else to say about Kevin Costner as Robin Hood? I'm going to touch on the fact that he does take a bath in this movie, and it was the first naked man buns I think I've ever seen. I had ever seen. And how did you feel about that? I mean, it felt quite racy at the time. Ooh. I feel like I probably blushed a bit watching it. I mean, I've seen plenty of man buns since then. You know, you know how I am. But <laughs> <laughs> now you rate them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin here, Greg here, and everyone else in between. I don't know. <laughs> I think she may be blushing some more, folks. <laughs> Overall, I think he did a fine job. I do remember watching it this time and wishing the sword fighting was a little more exciting somehow. Like, we've just watched The Princess Bride a lot, speaking of Carrie Elways, and that has literally the greatest sword fighting scene in cinematic history in it. Right. I mean, it's widely agreed upon that that sword fight in that movie is the best one that was ever made. And I feel like if if there's anything to criticize about this, the sword fighting isn't always that great. Well, thinking about Kevin Costner's other movies, I mean, does he have to do that in any other movie? Or did he ha- have to learn that for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Maybe he... He's w- been talking with guns a lot. Right. Because in the Westerns, he had guns. In No Way Out, he had guns. In Revenge, I think he had guns. Yeah, I don't think he has. So Right. All right, I'm going to cut him a break, Greg. But it doesn't mean that he couldn't have learned a little better for the, for the movie. But maybe he just didn't have the time. or. That's my guess. I mean, he's making a lot of movies at yeah. this point. There's a lot of Costner going around at this point in his career he's really hit the big time not that it it wasn't bad it's just that i thought that it wasn't the best sword fight i ever saw i actually like the scene where he and little john are fighting in the river with sticks more than him and the sheriff fighting with swords those aren't really called sticks are they they're probably not but what are they called not like they had twigs and they were thrashing mm. each other. Oh, staffs. Oh, yeah, like bow staffs or something. Yeah. Like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. That I actually liked better. 
that scene I thought was really fun. So I think it was. Absolutely. It lent more of that fun air to this. So it kept the movie from being too serious, in my opinion. <laughs> so uh, same with Friar Tuck in this movie. He was a lot more fun, um, silly. He was drunk most of the time. <laughs> you know, just entertaining. It kept it it kept it light. Yeah. You know, this the movie could have gotten very dark and I think like we see now with Batman, you know, the Batman of the eighties and certainly the Batman of the sixties was a hell of a lot more fun than the Batman of the present day where everything is so violent and dark and serious yeah. so i'm glad they chose to make it the way they did it it had some serious moments but it also did have some levity to keep it cool yeah did it make you feel any kind of way greg well as i said it sort of made me think about wanting to go on my crusade <laughs> against the the rich and just sort of thinking about how a lot of corporations and Rich folk are these days are really like Nottingham, and that we need that Robin Hood or something similar to really help us. The wealth disparity in the world, I mean, yes, in the United States, but really the whole world is shocking. I don't know that I was bowled over by romance as I watched this. So I don't know if the filmmakers intended me to feel like Robin and Marion's relationship was this like sweet, long-awaited romance. They'd known each other a long time, and then they wind up together at the end. And she's kind of, I think, supposed to be this feisty female heroine. And to an extent she is, but she's also a product of her time, let's face it. I really didn't, I don't think I felt much watching it. I think I just felt some nostalgia for watching it before. I didn't feel excited or mm. bowled over by romance or I just, I enjoyed it, but it didn't make me feel anything per se. Right. And I think part of what makes any Robin Hood thing good is that it sort of stands the test of time, unfortunately, with the concept. Because, as we just sort of said, that there's this disparity between the richest people and the, and the poor. So, even if they made more movies about Robin Hood, it's going to always have that same concept, uh, no matter how they do the movie. I think the the biggest emotion I really got out of it was watching Alan Rickman because he was so deliciously evil like he sits there and picks his teeth while they're burning the forest to the ground he kills his own cousin like he threatens to rip out Robin Hood's heart with a spoon and he just he was so good at being bad and he's also delightful at not being bad, too. Don't get me wrong. He's made some movies that have made me cry for a year. But, you know, overall, if anyone made me feel anything while I was watching this, it was probably Alan Rickman. Got it. Gotta be honest. Sorry, Kevin. You know we love you. We're watching for you, not him. But well, Do, do you <clears throat> feel that Alan Rickman actually did better? I mean, totally did better at in the movie than Kevin? No, I think they were pretty equally matched. And I don't really know where Alan Rickman was in his career at this point in time. 
can't remember when Die Hard came out, for instance, but he kind of looks the same as he did in Die Hard. I think Kevin looks the part of, like, this good, charming hero type. Mm -hmm. And I have seen Alan Rickman movies where he looks the part. He could have been Robin Hood. Really. Like... Think about our favorite movie, Sense and Sensibility. He's kind of one of the romantic leads in that right. movie. And he looks very handsome. And But there's just something about him with that black hair and all the dark clothing and the broody voice. You know, like he just... I think they were very well suited to play against each other. Right. I don't know that they were ever friends after that or kept in touch. I have this fantasy in my head that when you make a movie, you're BFFs forever with the people you were in that movie with, and that's probably not the case. Yeah, it's a little hard for some of these actors <laughs> if they've been in so many movies, yeah. like Kevin or Morgan Freeman. or Yeah, to be BFFs with everybody, but... Yeah. All if right. there was a bromance that emerged from this thing, actually him, Morgan Freeman, and Alan Rickman, that would have been that would have been quite the bromance. So, Kevin, did that ever happen? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's my question. Would you watch this movie again? Yeah, I I would watch it again. I don't have. To. I'm just thinking that yes, it's it's good enough movie that yeah, I'd see it again. Uh, maybe I would watch it and pick up on stuff that I missed before. We paid to be able to watch it again. We, yes. like, bought it. We didn't rent it. Right. There have been some movies that we've watched of Kevin's that I feel like that we've said that maybe we would watch it again or whatever. But this one feels like it's... I don't know. It feels different. It feels like something that you wouldn't mind watching. This one... I've probably seen 50 times, and I could see myself watching it again if I, right. I'm really bored, and I just want something solid to watch. Guess, really, now all we got to do is uh, rate it. Okay. This is going to be a hard rating for me. Why so? Uh, because I'm not sure it's the best movie ever, but I enjoyed it. So do I rate it based on what I think its merits as a film are? Or do I base it on my personal feeling about it, which is heavily tinged with nostalgia for the early 90s? Well, maybe you sort of combine those feelings and sort of come to a sort of middle ground. Just on its own. On its own merits. I think that it's like in between the good and the great. That's the trouble. I think it's really good, but I don't know that it's great. Where does that leave us? How do we rate this? My gosh, yeah. So I guess really good is a seven. Okay. All right. Um, it's the high end of good. Correct. But the thing is, I would watch it again, and I wouldn't watch Dances with Wolves again. And Dances with Wolves, I gave an eight. But... Dances Wolves had a lot of other stuff that made it just that slightly better. Even yeah, though, it did even make me feel a lot of things. As much as this movie gives you nostalgia, I think that Dances Wolves gave you a lot more feelings. It really did. You're saying a seven. I'm going to go with a seven. 
as much as this movie gave me some ideas and feelings, I think as as far as great movies, it is not a great movie. I would agree with you and that it gets a seven. So saying, I just want to say, Kevin, thank you for being in this movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yep, same. So maybe the next movie is the one that's going to give us two minutes to breathe. So, Greg, what are we watching next? Please tell me it's something lighthearted. Oh, shit. JFK. Oh, my God. Okay. It came out the same year. Robin Hood, Prince I of thought Thieves. maybe the bodyguard would be next, but no. No. That okay. Bodyguard comes after. Well, that was my honest reaction to seeing those three little letters flash up on the screen because I really went down the JFK rabbit hole for a while. Oh, you did. And I, I didn't know. I have this. a lot of opinions about the JFK assassination. I'm going to say that with my apologies in advance to Caroline Kennedy, who I did meet one time. You're in for a wild ride with this one, Greg. Okay, I've never seen the movie, so, so as far as I know. make some tinfoil hats to watch it. Why? And uh, there's a lot of conspiracies in this thing. And I have read the book upon which the movie was based. Okay. So. Well, it should be an interesting episode then for jfk and yep we'll see you there folks so until then happy 2024 yep may this year be better for you than the last have the year you deserve as we (laughs) say at the prison (laughs) all right see y'all next week Bye. bye the kevin costner project is produced by october 10 productions Our theme music is Happy Acoustic Guitar Background Music by Music Unlimited via Pixabay.com. Audio clips included under fair use policies in our best accordance with U.S. copyright law. You can find us online at thekevincostnerproject.com or by searching Facebook, Instagram, Twitter X, or TikTok for The Kevin Costner Project. This podcast is not endorsed by Kevin Costner or his agents yet.